You're listening to A Mighty Love, the podcast for honest and witty love wisdom. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the show. I am one of your co-hosts, Demetrius. Hey. Hey, I am your other co-host, Polly M. Galseeks. Hey, how's it going? It is hot. It is summer. It is hot. It was super rainy earlier. Yeah. I had to give my umbrella to somebody because I was worried they were going to like die in a torrential downpour. Ooh. And now it's all hot and swampy. So I don't know what's up with the weather. It sucks. But it's New York. I feel like I've opened the show like a million times talking about how terrible New York City weather is. And it's still really it's bad. It's like basically always true except for in September and part of October and then like a week in May. And that's about it. Yeah, like the one the one week you can go like watching like leaves turn. That's it. That's the one week in New York City where the weather is good. Yeah. But you know, I'll take it. Yeah. It's so nice of you to be here. Thank you. It's so nice. You know what's not usually nice though? Uh my bad attitude. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're like the BA Baracus of this team. That's true. Um <laughs> That's a joke for old people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's not nice usually is self-professed nice guys. So we're going to talk about nice guys and also good guys and how they are distinctly different. Yeah, I don't think those Venn diagrams overlap. No, no. They're two circles staring at each other across a very large chasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's a nice uh, quote unquote? I'm just saying, just imagine every time I say nice I'm doing air quotes, and this will make the episode go by much smoother. So when we talk about a nice guy, we mean someone who's not actually so nice at all. Yeah, a self-professed nice guy who has attributes that they may think make them a nice guy, but is, you know, here's a preview of what I'm going to say later, disingenuous maybe? Mm -hmm. Deceptive even? Using niceness to get what they want out of life? Usually that want is a woman's vagina so what makes a nice guy a nice guy well i would say that one of the biggest problems i have with quote-unquote nice guys you're also i'm gonna also stop saying the quotes but you also need to understand the same (laughs) rules apply i'm doing air quotes around nice guy one of the biggest problems i have with nice guys is that they don't see other people particularly women as nuanced rich full humans Mm. but instead view them as these very two-dimensional characters or even like archetypes you know like seeing everyone is either like a madonna and a whore or just seeing like this kind of person is this and this is what they are to me and like are totally inflexible on like acknowledging that someone could in fact contain multiple multitudes as we all do yeah what i hadn't thought of it before until just now they also feel that way about men. Oh, you mean like sort of like the so nice, alpha guy, beta guy kind of thing? Not even thing? just the alpha yeah. beta, uh, but also a nice guy will say that the reason that someone isn't a woman isn't having luck dating is because she always picks bad guys oh. or douchebags instead of nice guys. Mm-hmm. So for them, they not only see women in terms of black and white, and it's either one or the other, mm-hmm. but that's also how they view men. It's either you are a douchebag or you're me. Mm-hmm. Or like a guys nice like guy. me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they, but they never are like, that other guy's a nice guy. Like, I'm a nice guy. Right. Yeah, They're the only nice guy they know. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Sort of like this weird narcissistic exceptionalism. Uh, okay, I have nothing to add. That's it. Let's yeah. See. Let's see. <laughs> Episode over. No, I'm wow, that was That quick. was actually really good. Yeah. Narcissistic. Yes. I also think you brought this up. We kind of brought up these two ideas, and I'm going to get into one of them, which is a very strong sense of entitlement. Mm, yeah. Like that they, in terms of you're talking about things transactional, like they feel if they do what they're supposed to do, which is be nice, apparently, or maybe pay for something, or maybe like make a very specific type of gesture that they are entitled to the specific response that they want, whether it's sex or attention or time or whatever, a date, date, whatever it is. They see everything as I give something, I get back exactly what I want. Sort of like people often talk about nice guys as treating women's as like sex vending machines. Like I put in a compliment and sex comes out, but I think it can even be broader where like I put something in and I get something back. That's how this works. Yeah. Yeah, I I put in a compliment. I should get your attention, and mm-hmm. it and it keeps going. It keeps becoming this big, like one big transaction chain of where, you know, I did something nice for you, so now you should be a little interested. I did something even bigger that I perceive as being nice. You are now more interested. Eventually, I do something really nice. Maybe I take you on a nice first date. I convince you to let me take you on a nice first date. The date goes well. I'm not a complete asshole. That means you should have sex with me and so on and so forth. Yes. That like they're always raising the stakes in terms of their expectations of what is supposed to come back to them. Yeah. Without saying like, hey, what does this mean if I take you on this date or like I buy you this gift? Sure. And I think one of the ways that this often reveals itself that this person's a quote unquote nice guy, not an actual good person is that when it doesn't go exactly the way they felt entitled to or the way that they expected it to, it turns real ugly real quick. Yeah. That they'll turn on, you know, okay, in my experience, we're talking about this in very, like, a heterosexual mandating woman context, but that's that's how I see this play out very frequently. I, I haven't seen a lot of other versions of this, although they may exist. I, I may be totally ignorant of this. I'm sure, I'm sure that there are versions of this that exist in homosexual pairings, heterosexual pairings, Mm -hmm. if I'm missing a specific asexual pairing, I'm not sure. Any type of pairing pairing can have a nice guy and maybe it's a nice person or a nice whoever, but this type of nice that's not actually so nice where you have very specific expectations and when they are not met, you turn on the other person and then it becomes an attack. Like as soon as you don't get what you want, like, you know, I think we've all seen these things where, Someone asks someone out and the other person politely declines and he's like, fine, you're ugly bitch. And it's like, whoa, like that's not an appropriate response to an, a very polite no thank you. Yeah, that's that's not cool. No. Um, you see it. The only places I ever see that really are on the street if someone's catcalling someone mm-hmm. or like doing the damn, ma, you beautiful and they don't reply, mm-hmm. uh, which with good reason. Uh, that and just like people who leave comments, like anonymous, essentially what are anonymous comments on like social media, right? Where it's like I've been commenting on your photos for five years and you've never acknowledged me, and now I finally realize that I hate you and you're ugly, and it's kind of like what? <laughs> like, I think also the weirdest part of that is 
if they haven't acknowledged you in the past five years, why do they give a shit now? They're like, oh no, a random follower is angry. Oh, I'm going to lose that one follower. I'm going to no. lose my mind. I'm going to stay up all night crying about this nice person who doesn't want to like my pictures anymore. Uh, to be clear, if you unfollow me, I do actually stay up and cry. I do it all the time. It's, yeah, so don't unfollow. No, I'm kidding. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not usually, nice. <laughs> usually when I lose a follower, it's for a good reason, and it's a it's a mutual parting. Yeah. Oh, mutual parting. That's yes, I'm like, I think we should I think yeah. we should have nothing to do with each other anymore. And so our journey ends. <laughs> Best of luck yeah. for you on your future endeavors, which have no relationship to mine. That is wonderful. That should be a breakup card. <laughs> we have to we I feel like we've thrown out a lot of breakup card ideas. That would be amazing. The most formal breakup of all time. If we have um, an artistic follower who would like to make and produce these, we would love to see them. That would be amazing. Yeah, so just don't hesitate. Yeah, just don't include a picture of your dick in it, please. Yeah, I no genital pictures, really. I, oh, yeah, that too. They I'd, don't really belong on cards yeah. of this nature. No, no, they don't. I mean, could you imagine, though, not in real life, this would be awful, but as a concept... A card on the front says, good luck on your future endeavors, which in no way intersect with mine. And then you open it up and then it's a dick pic. That'd be like the weirdest fucking card you've ever received, right? Yes. I'm, I'm No, I paused to think about it. Yes. I'm kidding. I'm even trying that to, would definitely be I'm trying to actually imagine. A country mile. Oh I'm trying to imagine the weirdest card I've received and this just way like that exceeds it by like an order of magnitude. Yeah, no, it's usually quirky. Um, yes. But anyway. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Uh, what I do think about when I think about what makes a quote unquote nice guy a nice guy, the entitlement for sure is like one of those things where like it's a clear sign. But I think also people who can't see nuance and it sort of ties in with the um, entitlement and the sort of seeing the world in black and white. Mm -hmm. But people who don't understand nuance, not only in you know, people can be more than just two things, but also nuance in people sometimes do nice things, even if they're not, like, attracted to you. Yeah, like, like unable to perceive kindness that just comes from a desire to make the world a nicer place to be. Yeah, or the barista at my coffee shop is nice to me whenever I order a drink and treats me with kindness, remembers my name, remembers my order she must be attracted to me. Right. It certainly couldn't be that it is the policy of that coffee shop and a way that this person makes more tips. Yeah. It's or, definitely that she wants to bang you. Yeah. Or this person could just be, you know, like... Or this person just, just generally nice. is friendly for no, no yeah. other alternative. Like, that's one thing I always think of as weird is, like... I've never done this because I'm a coward, but even when I've thought about it, like I've always been so afraid to hit on like a hot waiter or a hot bartender because I'm like, they're just being nice to me because it's their job. And now yeah. I'm being gross at them at their job. I guess I have to figure out how to meet them in real life. This sounds hard. And then I chicken out. Yeah. And that's why I've never dated a waiter. So um, I have never dated anyone in the service industry who like I met that way yes so you know how you had that mental like mm -hmm. oh i'm just not gonna do it i like said it out loud like man you're so attractive you're clearly just being polite mm -hmm. and she was like nope 
and I talked myself essentially out of like dating her. Oh, wow. Because she was like, okay, all right, you've convinced me now. Because I was like, wait, are you serious? She's like, yep, no, do you want my number? And I'm like, yeah, but like, are you sure? And she at the end was like, okay, like, Ooh. you probably should have just, you know, assumed I was actually interested. Yeah, I mean, I guess the lowest key way to do it would be to like, I don't know how we got into asking out waiters or bartenders, but now we're here. So if I guess the lowest key way to do it would be like, Hey, thanks. I had a great time. And then to give them your phone number and then walk away. Because then you're like, you've made it clear you want them to contact you. And then if they don't, there are literally no consequences. Like, here's my number. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, if they throw it away, you know. Then it's goodbye forever. Goodbye forever. I can never walk into this Arby's again. Um, (laughs) Tragedy. No. Oh, no. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. No, I'm kidding. Mm. It's not. It's really not. Trust me. Uh, we have the meats. So, is that a slogan? That I believe the ever Arby's had? slogan is we have the meats. I think it's their current slogan. Oh, boy. As of like 2019, June-ish, whenever we recorded this. Oh, boy. Yes. That's a good so, one. Nuance. That's the thing that yeah. really, uh, it's always uh, fascinated me how they lack nuance. And I was going to get to the sympathy part later in the episode, on the scale of like bad male behavior, nice guys can be, there's a huge range. Like it can be just like annoying and just like, please leave me alone to like, you're getting dangerous. And I think that there are nice guys who are like vehemently hate women. Yes. Like there's nice guys who hate women. And, and I don't mean, again, I don't mean real nice people. I mean, nice guys with mm-hmm. a fedora tip, my lady. Um, so, <laughs> I think that there are a lot of men who do hate women who like act like nice people and then are not. But I do think that there's another type of nice guy who is just bad at all the things that you should be good at if you want to date. And it's not to say that they can improve. That's sort of like my point. Mm-hmm. But um, I can see how on the one hand you can lack nuance because you're just like, well, if a woman's nice to me, she must be interested in me. I can see the other side of it where if a woman's nice to me, no one is ever nice to me. I don't even know the difference between if somebody's just interested in just being friendly or being romantic. Like, I don't know the signs. So, like, yes. there's plenty of nice guys who are, like, sort of ill-informed about what's okay in r- romantic pairings. And those people I feel bad about. Like, yeah. Not like the guys who are on the path to being incels. Like, those guys are garbage. And probably irredeemable. But... Yeah. I mean, I think there's a slippery slope from there to there, though, if you don't. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you don't have the right exposure at the right moment, I can see getting down that path. I I do think I do think at a certain point, if you really get into the deep into the incel misogyny world, like probably there were a bunch of things wrong. But I can I see a lot of people tipping that way. Because they haven't had a reality check with some normal people in a while. And yeah. I think that's what's scary. Yes. It really does scare me. It's because you can see people just saying, like, this is the world that I know. So the world must be this way. It's yeah. Like, no, there's a whole other world outside of, like, the internet. And yes. People mocking you on Twitter. Like, there's other things out there. Please go do them. Oh, good God. Please. Um, really. Yeah. The other type of nice guy in sort of in the similar vein is not so much this aggressively high expectations, but instead of a, like a guy who 
is nice coming from almost a fearful place. Like usually they will have like a girlfriend or they, they have some success dating and that women will go out with them, but they turn into a complete doormat in that they center themselves on whatever it is the person they're seeing wants, whether it's buying them things or accommodating their whims. And they sort of shut down or disconnect or maybe have always been sort of disconnected with their own desires and needs and like completely center their lives around what their partner wants. And on the one hand, this looks great. Like, oh, look at this person, like so willing to do whatever it takes for their partner. How nice. But like in reality, if you're smushing down all of you just to accommodate someone else, that's going to come back out. And when it comes back out, that is not nice. Yeah. No, no. I think that that is one of the things that makes maybe a guy who's sort of like not a nice guy, but sort of just doesn't know how to date. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that makes them like, if they go through that, they're like, oh, well, I should date in an exploitive way because that's that's the only dynamic I know. You either are being exploited or are exploiting people. Yes. And so like it, you know, they get sucked into this whole... Like, oh, I was a doormat once and never again. Like, every goddamn pickup artist has mm-hmm. that same story. It's right. Like, I was friends with a person and I thought they were into me. And all along, they were just my friend the whole time, like a real friend. And then they rejected me. So now I'm a pickup artist. And it's right. just like. Or I dated someone and I paid for all her meals and bought all her shoes. And then she just dumped me for this guy on the basketball team. Yeah. And it's like, well, There's a fine line here, but to some degree, if there was this dynamic where they were taking advantage of you and you just kind of let it and then it ended, like, you were complicit in that. Like, you didn't have to buy all her shoes. Yeah. There's clearly some level of that that's ignorance. Like, oh, I just, you know, that's what I thought people do. And fine. But on the other hand, you're an adult. Right. And, like, you shouldn't ever want to be in that sort of relationship anyway. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm in that kind of relationship now, what's wrong with it? Relationships are partnerships. And if you are one partner who's doing 90 to 95% of the work or effort or affection or anything in a relationship, you are barely in a relationship at all. Like you're not even in a relationship at that point. Like, are you partners, you know? Right. With the exception being, of course, like people who are in like, Dom sub relationships oh, or like well, fin dom relationships, but then that's a very different because you've made an agreement that this is what you want. Or like, you become a caregiver for a partner who's ill. Sure, those are with exceptions. all the exceptions aside. Sure. So and like to be clear, I have nothing wrong with someone who like is you know like a service sub where all you want to do like that's the kind of relationship you're seeking, and you have a partnership where that's the agree. That's fine. Yes. That's not what we're talking yeah. about. We're talking about exploited relationship. Sure. Not a consensual exploited relationship, which is entirely different. We don't give shame. No, if that's what you're into, go for that. And then make sure the other person knows, I would say is like step zero of that is they should know that that's what this is about. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, the internet has taught me about so many different like dominant sub like dynamics yes like the whole i'm like obsessed obsessed with the concept of people who are like fin doms yeah it is the most like no kink shaming at all like if you get off on giving people money for like nothing yeah 
just insults. or maybe some like emotional abuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like a, a ten- I was thinking of something tangible, like yeah, a product, if you will. Sure. And it's like, yeah, that's. I'm fascinated by it because it just does not like. I can tell that I'm super not kinky, like on that level, because I'm like, I don't even get it. I don't get it. I don't really get it either. But, but you know what? Do your thing. You know, be safe. Don't blow all your, like, don't throw away your life savings. Like, don't throw away your life savings on your fetish. I think I read one of these articles about someone who got really into Findom, like, and he gave away a ton of money. And then he, I think he had a, maybe like a live-in girlfriend and she didn't know. And then he couldn't tell her. So then... The lie he told, which worked, was that he got into cocaine. And he's like, that's where all the money went. I spent it on cocaine because that was better than admitting that he was into financial domination. And then he pretended to or actually went to to Narcotics Anonymous. And this article is wild. I'm going to have to dig it up. But I, oh, my God. I, maybe it's this legit? Is, it's possible it's fake, I guess, is the thing. But I read this and I was just like, I can't believe. And they said the reason it worked is because their partner knew absolutely nothing about drugs. So just kind of was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like they didn't they didn't know enough about Coke or anything to like say that doesn't make any sense. You haven't been acting like you're on Coke. Yeah. They just sort of bought it and said, oh, right, God, that's well, terrible. You lost a lot of money in a quick way. And I cannot fathom any other way besides cocaine. Yeah, I guess because, like, gambling, you'd have to explain, like, the travel or something. But you can obtain cocaine anywhere. I don't know. Yeah, and also it's a cash business. Sure. Yeah, or a Venmo business, I guess. These days. Yeah, these days. I Mm -hmm. guess you put a little, like, snowflake in the (laughs) comment, you know, if you buy. Anyway, I'm not not trying to tell you how to do crime. No, I... Or am I? I mean, I, I've apparently now I need to search Venmo for the snowflakes to figure out who to get Coke from. I mean, that's that's just welcome to Crime Corner. This is Demetrius. <laughs> We're brought to you by Arby's again. Um, <laughs> no, Poor Arby's. I'm sorry. <laughs> they good have luck the with meats. Your, good yeah. luck with those meats. Yeah, they have the meats. <laughs> Where were we? I'm oh, sorry. boy. So we're talking about doormats and somehow we got into yes, buying yes. cocaine on Venmo, but Moving back into, so we've kind of laid out the different types of nice guys. Yes. So if we were going to lay out what is an actual good guy, a good guy with no air quotes, an actual good guy as opposed to air quote, nice guy, un air quote. Yeah, I I would say, um, I mean, the easiest, the easiest way to start would be like, there are a lot of the behaviors and things that nice guys do are sort of things that a good guy probably wouldn't want to do. And I'm just going to frame this up really quickly. I don't know if, do you know about, uh, I forget, it's an idiom or like a philosophical term, uh, no true Scotsman? Yes, I'm where, familiar with the concept. Yeah, so the, the basic concept is no true Scotsman is essentially when like some nice guy on the internet does something really fucked up and some guy will reply and say, that's not a man, that's a boy. Or like, that's, a Scotsman would never steal from a bank and then it's like actually it was a scotsman ah but they're no true scotsman right yeah. they probably have an uncle who briefly lived in Ireland yeah, yeah, or he's something Irish, like that. some goofy nonsense yeah, yes exactly but um so the reason i, w- I brought it up is that uh, nice guys are often the first guys to when they hear about bad behaviors that men have especially on twitter you see it a lot where it's like some guy 
uh, slapped a woman in the face who rejected him. And he, and a guy will reply, that guy's no man. He's a boy. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's what nice guys do. Nice guys don't acknowledge the reality of the world in that people are complex. And just because you are a man, but you do not want to be associated with violent, sociopathic uh, men who cannot deal with rejection, you do not even want them to be lumped in with you. And it's like, you have to own not only your own behaviors as a, if you want to be a good guy, you can not only not have to own your own behavior, but you have to own sort of the behavior of the group you're from. Like you can't just be like, I'm a man. People who don't do the things I do aren't real men. It's like, no, they're men. Like some men are fucked up. Yeah. You are in a fraternity of brothers and some of those brothers are garbage people. Yeah. You got to own that shit. Like, no, it's not like women dealing with boys. Like, oh, you've been dealing with boys. I'm a man. Like, no, 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 no. You got to acknowledge like the reality of what people face and the reality of what when people see you and perceive you potentially could perceive see and perceive you as so like you're a guy you have to understand that like if you're dating straight women there are certain implications that come with like meeting you in public yes or not meeting up or it goes into meeting in public but like having first dates in apartments or you know like why don't you send me your address and i'll come pick you up at home it's like you have to understand like it's not boys that they're afraid of they're afraid of men just like you sorry yeah yes that's very much true and so A good guy is aware or at least makes a sincere attempt to be aware of how, for better or for worse, there are always power imbalances, particularly between men and women. But even between people of the same sex, there can be weird power imbalances. And the fact is most men are bigger than most women. And there is always some element of fear with the unknown, especially like if you're meeting someone from the internet or someone you don't know that well. And like, if you want to be a good guy, you acknowledge that power imbalance and you are considerate in the way that you approach someone who doesn't know you very well at all. And is understandably protecting themselves from danger which is why you plan a date in a public place like a normal person, which is why, you know, you might, when they call an Uber to go home, you wait with them until they get in the car and then wave goodbye and don't be gross about it or whatever it is. You are considerate. You give them enough space that they feel comfortable. Um, And that doesn't mean that you can't try to kiss them or whatever. You just are aware that this is a sensitive thing and that you need to proceed with caution. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. You summed it up very well. I think also another thing about good guys is that they figure this out from listening to women in their lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can be a great man, but if you only listen to women, you will only know just a portion of what the population experiences. And not just listen. Listen and consider And just sometimes you just got to not say anything when people are telling you about their experiences. Like you don't have to refute people's experiences, like truly listen and not listen to argue or, you know, like debate, like just listen to women sometimes. Or to prove that that's not you. Or not just, and and just to, to make it a little less uh, heteronormative, uh, you should listen to people who have a vastly different experience from you. I'm sure that, 
two gay men who are dating each other probably have a lot of shared experiences, obviously. Sure. Uh, but if one is uh, a white man and mm-hmm. one is a black man, they have had very different experiences. And just they should both learn from each other, obviously, as the majority, any majority group in any country is probably going to have less teaching to do to the minority group. Like minorities sure. already know about your experience. Trust me. Like all of our culture is in opposite, well, not opposition, but in parallel to your culture. It's not like we're like, don't see all the shit. you Right. It's not like a gay black man is like, I know nothing about what it's like to yeah. be a white gay man. Certainly I've never seen any television program. Yeah, no. I've always been looking for a new gay show, but I can't find one. No. Um, by can't. the way, looking wasn't that good. I wish they I wish they did like a better show. Like they should do something. Mm. Anyway, check out Looking. It was a good two seasons, I want to say. Anyway. I also think, um, I remember I was talking to my boyfriend about like the insane kinds of messages that you get on like dating apps even from like even when I had first set up my profile like I set up the profile bare bones like I didn't have time to set up the whole thing so I'd only partially set up there were no photos there was just like a handful of like parts I had written and some questions answered and I got an insane number of messages yeah to a profile with no pictures and I was like, you have no clue. And he's like, I actually do. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, I got advice to before I made my real account is to make two dummy accounts, like a man's account and a woman's account. And so I can like scope out what else is out there in terms of what profiles look like and what types of messages people get. And oh, boy, did I get a lot of weird messages to my fake woman profile? (laughs) I was like, oh, wow. So, yeah, that is one way to find out what it's like is to make a fake profile and see yeah. what happens i actually got a bizarre message where from someone i got a bizarre dm and i couldn't figure out what the person wanted and finally i was like i don't know what you want and the person got all offended and he was like i'm not trying to fuck you your avatar is a cartoon and i'm like well you'd be surprised yeah like that's that hasn't stopped anyone no like, that has never stopped anyone i mean i i i have always found this fact odd that someone's willing to hit on a cartoon avatar but uh it is not a hindrance to many no no definitely not um you know what i think about when i think about a good guy and what makes a good guy different from a nice guy is as you mentioned with uh, nice guys who are doormats um i think a good guy has a willingness to like speak their mind and disagree respectfully or just talk about how they feel about a situation. Like they're willing to say, no, I disagree. And here's why not. Oh, you want 12 pounds of lobster for your birthday? Sure. I'll make that happen. Anything for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like a good guy will say like, this is ridiculous. They're not even in season. What's, what's your problem? Mm-hmm. Not that specifically, but. Or we'll say like, I know you really wanted to go to this thing, but I, it's just, I'm so exhausted and it's really not my thing. Like, would it be okay if I came for a couple hours and then I left and you stayed longer? Yeah. You know, like is willing to like initiate potentially difficult conversations in the interest of being like forthright and honest. Yeah. I think another quote unquote nice guy thing can be even to be too afraid to tell the truth. And then instead to like, air all your grievances during the dumping. Oh yeah. Like wait till the last second to be honest when there's nothing that the partner could do about it. Like 
it's fine to say I'm not happy with X, Y, Z, but the person had no opportunity to improve upon that if you never yeah. told them about it. So that's a weird move. Yeah. You, you don't want to be the person who's like, I finally told my ex everything I wanted to tell them at the end. During like, the dumping? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter by that point. It no. doesn't matter. It's over. Yeah. So why? No. what's even the point? <laughs> like, have the guts to say something when it's a problem or becoming a problem and give the person an opportunity to improve. I mean, if you don't think that they're capable of it, why are you in a relationship with them? I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That's, it's an odd thing. Yeah, no, I agree. I think also you just want to try to be, create a situation where whatever gesture you are making of romance or affection, that you're not creating a system where they feel pressured to reciprocate in kind. Like you're cre- you are doing something kind for the sake of being kind and you don't have expectations that it's supposed to be matched in a specific way. Yeah. Like, you know, on the one hand, buying 12 pounds of lobster with no expectations could be nice, but yeah. like it's a little bit of a weird gesture, That's but aggressive. maybe it's a lot, you know. I think there are ways to to show someone you care that are proportional and appropriate and don't create pressure for the other person. Yeah. Of course. Threading that needle is going to depend a lot on who your partner is, but that's what a, a good guy, a good person does is when you want to show someone you care, you don't make it difficult for them to respond. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that if you're wondering, well, how, how would a guy know or how would a person know like what's appropriate? It's because you're already communicating. You haven't put this person up on a pedestal. You're not, you know, like they're this perfect Madonna. You have not done things in a way that you have elevated them beyond your understanding or feel like they're above you in any way. Like they're a person who you communicate and talk with. You've established a connection. And through that, you know, like, okay, maybe 12 pounds of lobster would probably be inappropriate. Maybe I'll do something small like a lobster shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's if you're really like doing all the things that sort of describe a, a good guy, uh, you'll be able to know like, OK, this is a little too much. Like maybe I need to tone it down. You know, we keep bringing up lobster. And that reminded me that someone literally I had a boyfriend and we got into a big argument and I kicked him out. And then he called me two hours later and asked if he could come over to apologize and I said sure and he showed up with a lobster burrito as an apology gift oh that was nice it was confusing it was very confusing I, but I would love a lobster burrito it was, I mean I wasn't hungry so it, it was it was not what I needed in the moment but I did appreciate that it was a specific and bizarre gesture which is appropriate for me a bizarre gesture of apology and I did say I needed it later so yeah worked out okay it was an offering it was an offering yeah it was- and it did not make me feel like, oh boy, now I have all this pressure to reciprocate. Like, and I have to oh, go I could, find another lobster burrito. I could buy a burrito. Yeah. I got yeah. it under control. Yeah, we you have not created a <laughs> great power imbalance. No. I would say the last element of a good guy is remembering that consent is sexy. Consent is sexy. That's that's always that's, mm-hmm. Yes, but no, it really is. And not only consent, but active consent. Mm-hmm. Like, are you okay with this? Are you okay with that? Do you um, like this? Yeah. Like, active consent, active communication. Communicate as if the person that you're interested in is an actual person and not 
some personification of all of your sexual desire in a woman or That's a person. Some sort of weird Barbie robot or yeah, Barbie sex robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, don't do that, please, guys. No. I did want to say one thing. I do seriously. I'm. I do get genuinely concerned, especially as I've gotten older, and like I'm not a 20 year old guy anymore. Um, thank God. Thank God. I've learned so much. Mostly. I hope so. I think so. But I do genuinely get concerned that like the internet has done a lot of great things. It's allowed a lot of like really meaningful voices to be amplified and like cultural movements have happened. Protest movements have happened on social media platforms. They've essentially like given these big platforms to a lot of really, really good stuff. But it also has given platforms to like really bad stuff that is specifically targeting. They're all scams, right? Like they're all hustling. Right? Yeah. The like... I'm not going to name drop these people. The people who are like super into this like Western chauvinist ideal of life that's like Judeo-Christian-y. Mm-hmm. Like if you're think if you're thinking like, hmm, I wonder if he's talking about XYZ, I'm ex- exactly talking about these people. Yes. I do get concerned that they're luring in men who maybe would call themselves nice guys, but are not necessarily malicious. They just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I encourage you if like you've heard anything here and you're like, oh, maybe. Yeah, like maybe I am kind of a nice guy. Maybe I am a little bit of a pushover. Maybe I do see my relationships with women as purely transactional, but the currency is like niceties. Like I would really ask of you to consider not only viewing people as people, like treat women the way that you would treat or treat people you're attracted to the way you would treat someone you're not attracted to that you're friendly with. Like, really try to view people as human. Treat people the way you want to be treated if the person treating you that way you were not attracted to. Like, try to try to live the live in the world like that. Like, don't treat the women you're attracted to as if they're, like, a separate type of person. Like, yeah. treat them nice. Like, treat them the way you would with your buddies, your friends. Like, that's the secret. Like, yeah. there's no magical secret to make women more attracted to you or, like, make your life more ordered and that'll make you, like, better. Like the thing that makes you more successful, the thing that will make you more successful in dating and relationships is just like treating everyone the same. And, you know, like you hit it off with somebody, you maybe show romantic interest, but like don't treat them differently than you would like your best friend. I think that that's really fair. I think that there's a lot of weirdness in the nice guy culture of like exotifying women as like people who operate with like completely different rules and like this whole idea that like, men and women are completely different. Like that's like one of the biggest red flags I see. Like if someone's like, but men and women aren't the same. I'm like, don't go down this biology track with me, pal. First of all, I'm not going to like get into like the fucking nuances of like gender and (laughs) endocrinology with you. Like, first of all, don't go down this horseshit road with me because I know way more about the science of this than you do for sure. And then second of all, so what? Like, even if, like, women tend to be this way and men tend to be that way, the fact is, like, we're all these, like, complex people and you can't base how you treat someone based on some stereotype of how you think they might be. You treat someone based on who they actually fucking are. That's how you be a good person. Like... The expectation that all people like this do this and all people like that do that has never worked ever. No. It was usually the basis for like systemic oppression. Mm, so like, let's yeah. stay away from that. Let's try to avoid that for 2019 and onward because we've done a 
bad job. Yeah. Up until now. So we've been doing a worse job lately. Yeah. We I mean not me specifically, but me as a, you know, person who lives in the United States where shit is fucked up right now, I guess. Yeah. Handmade yeah. sales coming back. Yeah? Yeah, the TV show too. Oh yeah. I thought you meant just as a concept. Oh, no, I meant both. Yes. <laughs> the no. specific TV show. Both. The Handmaid's oh. Tale has come back both as a concept and the television show especially. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. So, <laughs> I think to be a good guy, you listen, you appreciate someone for exactly what they are, and you treat them with respect. Yeah. It's really not that hard, actually. It's really not that hard. Um, I'm, like, chaotic good. That's mm. my alignment. I try to be as good as possible, and sometimes I'm an asshole and a douchebag. But what I never try to do is be nice just to, like, just because. Like, if I do something nice, I try to be genuine. I try to be honest. Sometimes being genuine and honest means that I am an asshole sometimes because I honestly, like, my opinion is that of an asshole sometimes. And, like, just because you're never going to be one thing, like, just because you decide you're a nice guy doesn't mean you're nice and you probably aren't nice. And if someone tells you you're good, like people tell me like, oh, you're a good guy, Demetrius. Like, it's not a thing you are. It's a thing you do. And you have to constantly be doing good. So It's a choice you make every day. It's a choice you make every day. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that makes sense. I think so, too. I am often an honest person, too. I, a therapist once was like, oh, you're a truth teller, which I think was their nice way of saying you're extremely blunt. Yeah. But at least you know what I mean. <laughs> a truth teller. That is a very like. I wonder like what what year like what year of coursework they were like. All right, this is how you tell people who are very blunt politely that they're very blunt. I mean, it wasn't news to me then yeah. or now. I, yeah. I'm aware. Yeah, you're like it's, what? It's a decision I've made. Yeah, no, it's worked out. Uh, I can take it. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. what do you love and or hate? Well, uh, I was going to go super personal on something I love this week. Um, I was thinking about. My grandmother on my mom's side, she's this, she's just such an unusual person. She was proposed to like three or four times before she accepted a proposal from my grandfather, including from a very rich man who wanted to sail around the world with her. Ooh. And she was just like, nah. Like, I really admire her for just being like, I mean, that sounds cool, but nah. <laughs> she studied art at UC Berkeley in the 40s, which oh. was pretty unusual for women, generally speaking. Yeah. She was like a part-time working mom in the 60s, which was also sort of unusual, um, given that especially that she didn't have to. Um, and I used to joke that like my grandma was like the oldest hipster because she drove uh, hybrid and also listened to NPR exclusively. Yeah, sounds right. Super into like nutrition. She was like super into like nutrition and like gluten free stuff, like way before it was like a thing and yeah. like bought like weird honeys and stuff at like specialty stores. Uh. And just, you know, even as she's gotten older and like, you know, she has different health problems and stuff, she's like generally actually a pretty positive person. Oh. So. This uh, this week, I'm saying I love my grandma. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. The thing I love this week, and I'm like several weeks late, is at the end of May, I went to two weddings. Mm. I went to one of my sister's wedding weddings, uh, and then I went to a friend of mine's wedding. Uh, and the friend whose wedding I went to uh, is like the one who actually got me into blogging. 
which mm-hmm. got me into this podcast, which if you're listening to this, like I wouldn't he- be here without you. So um, congratulations again, Emily Roberts. Shout out to you. Uh, you can find her on Twitter. I'm going to say guidance girl, M-E-M. Uh, she's great. She's a therapist. She's awesome. She was like one of the first people I had on the podcast, like, like episode 10, you know, like super. Oh, super wow. Early. Yeah. Yeah. She Old always school. supported me and um, she had the most beautiful wedding in Florence and my sister's wedding was amazing. It was in Puerto Rico and I, my father is Puerto Rican, but like I grew up in New York. I didn't learn Spanish. My Spanish is absolutely garbage. My salsa is like a three out of 10. My merengue is like a four out of 10. And my bachata is like a zero out of 10. Mm. I'm like the worst. Um, and it was so wonderful to like spend time with my sister's family because we have different moms. We have like whole different families. And I just had like an amazing time. I met like a nephew that I had never met. And he's like a fully fledged like teenager now. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I got to hang out with my sister's wife and she was like wonderful and like everyone was amazing. So like I love that family and friends like had these weddings and I was able to be there and just like have an amazing time. So yeah, that was it. It's good. We both love things this week. Yeah, we love things. Um, You know what I hate? When people don't love things. Yes. So go, you know, I, and I'm being serious. Um, I, I I like that we, I remember, I think it was, a, it was a very conscious choice to have things we love or hate. And I would challenge everyone who is listening to this to like, if like, please tell me what you love. Just tell me what you love. Like tweet it at me if you listen to it. Tell me what you love. I would love to hear what you love. Peanuts, feathers, whatever. Yeah, maybe peanut feathers, if that's a thing. Feathers made of peanuts. If it is a thing, please let us know. Yeah, screenshot it. Don't don't let it be a picture of your dick, please. Nice. Um, if you if that's your nickname <laughs> for your dick, Peanut Feather, I mean, congrats to being original. I think it's better than the patriarchy. Yeah, sure. that's true. Call that. Are we gonna end every episode with a weird di- name for a dick? Uh, I, I don't could, think we should. I could actually do it all day. I'm really good at naming gross stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> podcast it'll be a bonus episode one day yeah bonus episode is just a long list of gross names for your dick a lincoln log um (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) because it's tall um for some yeah it's got a neck beard anyway maybe you've been looking at more dicks than i have i don't know (laughs) i'm confused apparently i guess so oh all right i think that's and on that note we will bid you adieu (laughs) uh thank you all for listening and good luck out there bye